Yeah, it's funny because like when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it just, you don't have to search hard or try hard. All of it just comes to you. Hello everybody and welcome back to Mentors. Today we have on Jason Ellinger. He's the co-founder of Beard and Bowler and his heart work, The Hero Collectors. In this episode, we discussed branded content, finding and telling stories, real world heroes and villains, marketing adaptations, and how the hero collectors in Beard and Bowler came to be. I'm such a huge fan of what Jason does and what he stands for. The hero collectors, Beard and Bowler, everything. In a couple minutes, you'll see why. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today we have on Jason Ellinger. Jason, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me on. It's good to be on. Thank you. And so the first place I wanted to start was, um, can you, usually I start off with like the origin, the background story, but I feel like people need an origin story of Beard and Bowler and then an origin story of you. Hmm. Can we dive into both of these things? All right. It's kind of intertwined. So I think I can give you both in like yeah. three, three minutes or less. Um, but I, I started a video production company in 2007 and uh, it was... You know, I launched a luxury item just in time for the recession in 2008. So that was a fun, it was a fun couple of years, right? Um, fast forward five years later, I'm getting married. Um, I need a bit more steady income, some benefits. And I took on a day job with the news. And uh, every day it was the same stuff, fires, shootings, stabbings, murders, and uh, a lot of hardcore news and a lot of hardcore areas. Um, and, and I got to a point where I'm just like, what I'm doing is, is causing more harm than good. It's not helping the world. In fact, I feel like it's hurting the world. What can I do that's gonna make a difference? What's gonna, what can I do that's gonna bring a little bit of positivity in the light? And I um, started meeting with my, my uh, friend at the time, who's now my business partner. I just kind of called him my guru and bounced some ideas off him, like, what, what can we do? And we came up with this concept of you know, hero stories. Let's tell the story of the everyday hero, the everyday man and woman who's doing something incredible. And maybe even the organization or the nonprofit who's doing something incredible. Those are the stories we want to put out there in the world. That's the legacy we want to leave behind. That's the good we want to do in the world. We um, figured out the why, figured out the what, and then it was just the how. And that's the big thing that a lot of people can't figure out, even if they make it as far as to get to the why. And uh, branded content was just emerging at the time about two years ago. And for those who may not know, it's basically telling a story as opposed to a direct sell or a hard sell. Brands are realizing they can't tell the story of, they can't um, say, come on down, 999. It doesn't work anymore. You know, you have to tell a story, you have to engage, and you have to make millennials and Gen Z feel like you care about the world and the environment and the people in the world. Um, these stories do all three. They're authentic, so they're gonna resonate with, with millennial crowd. Um, they engage people because they're stories. And then ultimately they do, they do a lot more good because the story is out there and it's a positive story. We always have resolution at the end where it comes kind of full circle. Like we never leave it hanging and like, this person's in need and only you can help them. Like that doesn't, that resonates poorly with people we found out millennials in particular. 
So we have always we always close that story loop in these in these branded content with purpose. We call them stories and um, tell the story. Uh, hold the resolution to the very end because if you don't, people will stop paying attention. And then kind of have the brand come in and be the hero of the story. And look what we're doing here. If you want to check them out, they're over here. But we we're already taking care of them. So it's kind of that niche market that we're hitting that that branded content market that they're making up stories they're getting them scripted and they're reaching for them when there's these real and these authentic stories out there that are already resonating with people and they may not have the big following yet because i know that's a lot of i hate to say it but it's a lot of motivation for some brands they may not have that big following yet but um they're the stories people need to hear and you as a brand have the following and you can get their story out there and um, in turn for telling a great story, you get about a month's worth of social media content out of a, out of your charitable giving. So like it's a it's a win win for everybody involved, and that's that's the kind of the origin story of how we got together. And in pitching this to some agencies, they were they were like, okay, that's cool. We're like, can you help? They're like, yes, but first maybe you can do some video for our clients because your stuff's kind of next level. <laughs> so we got stuck in that rabbit hole for like a year and a half and as of now yesterday hero collector's website is like backup refreshed and we're relaunching that and it's like we're going after it like really going after it you know if the agency work comes it comes but like we're not chasing it anymore we're just we're going after the hero stories which is fun exciting and also scary because it's not the guaranteed money that the agency working with marketing and ad agencies is you know yeah, because what I read is that you have this, you know, B&B, then sponsor, then hero relationship, you know, mm -hmm. financially and otherwise. So how does, how do you guys balance that? How does that work? Uh, how do we balance it? We haven't been doing a good job lately. <laughs> uh, Beard and Bowler, if you go to beardandbowler.com, that's pretty much our commercial site. That's all the work that we've done or a lot of the work that we've done with marketing and ad agencies and, and individual clients. Um, if you go to the herocollectors.com, that's where our hero work is. It's kind of where our heart is. And uh, that's the work that we do with nonprofits who are kind of making a difference in the world. Um, one of them was sponsored recently by Wells Fargo. So that was a huge win for us. Um, it was a regional branch. We don't even know if national seen it yet, but you can, you can see it up on, on the hero collectors, <laughs> the, the sponsored campaign, but they sponsored such a great, such an awesome organization um, that they sponsored it's an opioid anti-poverty anti-homelessness uh, center in, in one of the worst areas of Jersey in, in Patterson worst areas is in the opioid epidemic epidemic excuse me but um, still a great town still a great city still hope there and this place is one of those beacons of hope in a dark dark area that's amazing and like that was one of my biggest questions is how do you go out and and find these heroes yeah it's funny because like when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing it just you don't have to search hard or try hard all of it just comes to you and one of one of our agencies one of our favorite agencies dsm in in mawa their marketing agency we told them what we were doing and they're like we know somebody and that's always how it happens and um they said this place in Patterson. I think you should do, you should do some work for them. And uh, we did the first event for free, 
and then that's what gave us the intro to uh wells fargo like the, the sponsor the big sponsor when i was working at the news i ex explained i still didn't have this concept fully vetted out but i explained it to one of the the photographers there for the newspaper and he's like i got a guy i know a guy and he explained him like this he's in one of the worst parts of the area uh, one of the worst areas of new jersey it's on the in patterson but like on the corner of rosa parks boulevard and dr martin luther king jr boulevard and whenever streets have a name like that you, you always know like something's gonna go down there and it's like right at the intersection like right where all of the uh, murders and shootings happen and across the street there's two burnt down buildings and then you look and there's this empty lot and it is completely manicured and built up into like this little miniature farm and it's in the center of the hood and I, I go to talk to this guy and his name is Willie and he's got he's from he's from North Carolina and he's got this deep southern accent and he's like you know those guys whose skin are so dark they almost it almost glows like that's this guy deep from North Carolina he talks to you, his voice is deep, and he's like, my father on the farm, he'd have me up like five o'clock every morning. And we did a, we worked hard, man. You just want to believe everything this guy's saying, you know? That guy was referred to us, but he's a light in a very dark area and a beacon of hope and somebody for the kids in that area to look up to. He holds like farmer's markets every other weekend in the summer. And if people come to him and they can't afford to donate, here, just take a bag. Take a bag of vegetables. Take take some fruit. Um, I want to feed you. You know, I want to I want to teach the kids. I want to hold workshops here to, to teach them how to work the soil and and grow something with their own two hands. And like that's it's one of our favorite heroes. But you know, again, just a referral. All you have to do is tell people what you're doing. And like, ah, I know somebody. <laughs> you know, like that's amazing. I got a guy. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, the sheer amount of help that people want to give because, you know, we think about the world as, as this awful place to be in and, you know, everything's going to, you know, complete crap and chaos. But, you know, there's always there's always this huge genuinity to go, I want to help. You know, I do know a guy. I want these messages to get out here. I think people are a lot more inherently good than we give them credit for. Because, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, bad things in the world do happen, but there's like you said there, I mean, there's so much beauty and there's so much light even in the darkest of places so that's what i discovered just before you move on like if you give people a chance to do good and you make that chance really easy to do it they'll do it and if all you need is like you to tell your story and ask for a referral they will be more than happy to give it like i know somebody you know so that's that's how we collect our heroes just telling yeah, our stories yeah because not only is it going to be like a feel good it's actually a do good mm -hmm. you know you like that person by referring is getting the message out is getting a story yeah. and they feel like they're they're contributing which they are so yeah i mean i don't know how cliche or how often you get this question because i mean it's a little it's a little silly but it also has a lot of meaning but you know you have all these heroes what are some of the biggest villains that they have to face uh, I'll tell you the biggest villain for, for Willie. He wants to incorporate as a nonprofit and he doesn't know where to start. The biggest thing Willie needs, I mean, there's there's organizations that we work with that are like multi-million dollar nonprofits and charities, but like this is one guy and his biggest obstacle is figuring out how to make a nonprofit. If we could get together enough 
awareness to create enough funds to hire somebody to do that or to point him in the right direction. That's number one. Number two, if somebody gave him a lawnmower to help manicure his area, he was over the moon. That's that's all it took. He, I'm like, what do you need? What what can we do for you? What do you need? It's like, man, if I could get together five or ten k to put a shed in the back somewhere, so I could keep all my tools, you know, that's it. That would make his world, and that's like a, a drop in the bucket for like any retail home and garden major organization or sponsor. And you can change this guy's life, you know. Yeah, it's sometimes it's not a whole lot. Yeah. It's definitely it's not the things in life. And, you know, honestly, I I won't lie to you. I think I know a few people that can help out with that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we people are. People. Yeah. And, well, the exciting thing is in launching Hero Collectors, we were waiting for these brands to come through and do the right thing. And we got tired of waiting. Like, we're just going to start multiple GoFundMe campaigns and do it ourselves. Raise enough funds to put together enough resources to do marketing and video for these guys so people will sponsor them ourselves through the community and the people and um you know their biggest a lot of these places biggest challenge is is money and while they'll get that one-time big donor every now and then those 10 those 20 dollar a month recurring donations are their backbone and they're not going to get those unless they're out there so that's what we want to do get them out there and raise just enough to cover expenses to create the video, create 90 days worth of strategy for social media. Cause these nonprofits don't know how to do that for the most part. They're too busy helping people. They're not thinking about their Instagram feed or their, you know, their profiles anywhere. So like if we could raise enough money to, to hire like professionals to come alongside them for stuff that we can't do and then handle the stuff that we can do ourselves. But like, to get a team around them to basically do their marketing. That's that's our goal, like as a hero collectors, to get them out there and to get so they're successful, number one, but number two, so their stories can get out there. Yeah. Well, because in the long run, it's so much more helpful because helping right. people in the moment is amazing. But like, if you think premeditatively, it's the story, it's the brand that, you know, it's the love, like, you know, Charity Water, right? Yeah. It's, mm, it's like, oh, I love Charity Water, but it's it's stories that they tell like that that really draw people in and make that difference. Mm. But you know, one of the biggest things you have to do for that is storytelling. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna bet at this point you are master storytellers. So, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I gotta ask. <laughs> I I will. Don't worry. But like, I gotta ask, how do you how do you tell a story? How do you wonderfully put it together and bring meaning and light to it? And that's, that's an art in and of itself because, um, you know, people tell their own story. Sometimes they're not good at telling their own story. Actually, most of the time, they're not good at telling their own story. Um, so to combine 10, 11 years of video production and the art of that with five years of being in the news and pulling emotion from three to six people daily, strangers that you've just met and doing it within three minutes or less, that training, that rigorous training that I went through kind of helped me to be able to pull the emotion out. And when my partner comes in, he's able to assemble that in a logical order that's going to bring people to a climax of the story and keep them engaged the entire time. And uh, I think one of the greatest stories we've told was a woman who was a heroin addict and she was, she was still shooting heroin while she was pregnant. 
and she got both of her kids taken away. Like her child was born in the hospital and it was taken along with her other kid. And um, she's telling this heart-wrenching story and I put it, I gave it to one of our assistant editors and he had shots of her kids throughout the video. I said, now take that out, take that all out. I don't wanna see it until the very end, her, her kids. And what that did was create an entirely new video, an entirely new storyline, even though she's talking about it because you don't see them, there's a secondary storyline of the visuals and the B-roll we call it, additional footage. So you you keep the, and what happened at when they showed this at event, you didn't see her kids throughout the entire uh, micro doc, we call it, or, or short film. At the very end, she says, I went to Eva's village. I got clean. I got trained to uh, become a chef. I became a chef. And then I got my kids back. And at that very moment, you see her kids come into her arms and the whole room just stood up and it was a standing ovation. And no one heard like anything that happened after that. Like as soon as there's resolution, people stop paying attention. So that's where you, that's how you tell a story. And if you start paying attention to movies, like it'll, it'll ruin the way you watch movies because there's always a conflict. And if it's a good movie, there's always a guide that helps somebody through that conflict. And there's not resolution in a good movie, at least until the very end, because people will tune out as soon as that resolution happens. So that's kind of how we assemble our stories when we're telling somebody else's story. We'll ask the right questions. We'll pause awkwardly after they're done talking because that usually prompts people to say more and if you haven't done 600 interviews before, you might not know that, but that silence, people are so uncomfortable with that they usually itself prompts them to dig deeper. And that's when your best stuff happens. And then they'll say a word, they'll say my kids, my wife, my husband, my jet, my something, and you'll hear their voice crack ever so slightly. And then that's when you know to say, tell me more about that. And when you do that, the emotion flows out, but you have to know what those cues are, how to look for them, and how to expand on those to prompt them out of people. So combining that with the technical and the super tight angles so you can see all of the emotion in their face and the B-roll as we talked about, the supporting footage of whatever it is they're talking about played back in slow motion or, or just at this ethereal type of cinematic motion that really all draws you in together to this story and then have a dramatic pause of silence so what they just said sinks into the viewer all of these elements there's so much science and like psychology that goes into one 90 second edit that nobody knows what just happened to them but all they know is that they were attached they felt part of it they were moved and at the end now they want to donate to the charity at the event or whatever it is. We tell, we joke, we call our videos the wallet openers for nonprofits because <laughs> after they air, you have 30 seconds of dead silence from the room where you can ask the audience for whatever you want to. And they will be so emotionally invested at that point that you're, you'll get it. We helped uh, one, one charity raise almost 700,000 in one night uh, with the video, you know, like these, these, it works if you tell the story properly. Of course. And, and you know, there was, I feel like there's been a big, and you can probably really comment on this, I feel like there's been a big shift in that how to tell a story. 
especially when it comes to sad things um, and helping nonprofits out because we've all seen on the you know on the tv like in the arms you know and the and the puppies and and the kittens and they're in cages and it's sad and like yeah. i don't know how many people donate to that but it just makes me feel sad yeah and it, i mean and that's i mean that's the goal <laughs> but, but at the same time i feel like equally there's been a shift of happiness mm-hmm. you know and of actual conclusion to a story of like not you know only you can help i feel like yeah. you said people are less responsive to it but now it's more of like you know, here's a story and someone got better from this. Like, yeah. you know, good things can happen here. How do you, yeah. like, I don't even know if there's a question to that, but I feel like that huge shift uh, is there. There's, there's, a, there's a question that <laughs> what you mentioned, we call it poverty porn. And it's basically people pushing the envelope so far so that you're guilted into mm-hmm. if you don't give, you're a bad person. And it's, it's the wrong way to do it. And it worked with previous generations. It does not work with millennial and, and below. And it actually resonates, it more, resonates poor, more poorly. And if you look at the science and everything leading up to that, it's not our generations getting dumber, they're actually getting smarter. The problem is we're hit with almost 3000 pieces of marketing per day, per day. Like if you look at your, your Starbucks cup, my pen, uh, hats that you see, t-shirts, all around you, logos on cars, all around you, there's there's branding, there's advertisements, there's Times Square, New York, you were just there. We've developed the point of, of numbness to where our brains have to filter most of that stuff out or else our minds would explode. So if you don't have a message that's telling people how to survive, how to survive, or how to survive, how to thrive, or how to be a better person, your message is gonna get lost because their brains are on automatic defense. So nothing is going to get through to them. And that's why you have to tell the story good, uh, well. Yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. Like, I think that's why, especially in kids' movies, like, the hero's journey works. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I love Kung Fu Panda. Like, <laughs> I can't make fun of me for it, you know? And the, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the first one's, like, you know, I want to, you know, the second one I feel like is more important. Like, so have you seen the second Kung Fu Panda movie? I don't think I have, no. So it's this huge, like, revenge and forgiveness type deal. Like, mm. you know, at first, like, you know, Poe's, you know, angry and he's upset because he realizes that this there's this peacock that, you know, just out of greed and wanting more, he... And, you know, there was this prophecy that some, you know, that, you know, basically, like, there was going to be a panda that ended his reign. And he's like, well, I'll just genocide all of the pandas. And that's what he does. And so, you know, there's all this anger infestation. But then, you know, in a nutshell, he gets taught inner peace and how it's okay. You know, it was in the past. And you have to be okay with yourself. And you have to be okay with the other person in order to really have forgiveness and, and you know, calm, and, you know, in that really, that true serenity and so you know that's why the shadow is there because you know the shadow is like the biggest villain and i feel like in your guys' stories the biggest villain is like is poverty you know is heroin is you know you know neglect or abuse or anything awful like that but then you know you confront this huge thing and it's not like you know in in a kids movie sometimes it'll be like you know this battle this fight but um and it was that for confidanda but in the end you know the villains defeated in and he's like, you know, how did you defeat me? He's like, and he's like, because I found inner peace. Hmm. He's like, you can't find rest. I killed your family. Hmm. I took away everything you knew. 
you can't be you can't be calm with me he's like yes he is like i am it's okay who you were doesn't matter who i was doesn't matter who i am today matters <laughs> and he's like and that's you know and you know that's that so i forgive you and it's okay and i mean in in, in to be the most symbolic ever the villain is defeated through that forgiveness as we all mm. are mentally and i feel like your story ascent like especially does that you know defeating the villain with kindness with forgiveness and with love mm. I feel like that's way more important and you know how has that generation shifted because like you know you know we don't see guilt <laughs> you know we don't we get advertised guilt every day you know but you know how did that shift come like besides the whole you know uh branding you know branding wipe where we can't focus on all the brands what happened there you know what what like emotional shift was made it was it was a combination of technology and next level marketing and advertising and our well, problem was 50 100 years ago you've got a radio that the whole family's listening to. And it's like, ah, this is sponsored by Colgate. And you're like, oh, Colgate, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then you had a TV and it was like, this show sponsored by uh, some sort of hair gel. I don't know. And you're like, okay, cool. Now there is so much content to consume, so much media to consume, so many ways to consume it. You don't just turn on the radio. Which station are you listening to? Is it AM, FM, satellite? What is it? that you can listen to anything in the world. Now our options have changed, so it's completely consumer driven. You don't have seven channels anymore. You have 700 and then 8 million things on demand. So you literally have access to the entire world. And it's so overwhelming that you can only shift your focus to, to a certain amount of things. So that has to be, that message has to be very well crafted and the problem with all of this media coming in, you know, our parents didn't really have all of this, but we, I'm on the tail end of the millennial generation, but we kind of had this and, and we're born with it and brought up with just oversaturation of media. Like as soon as you're off of this podcast, you'll be on your phone for more media. You'll watch TV for more media. You'll get in the car. There'll be not just you, everybody, right? Me too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> You'll be in the car and guess what? It won't be silent. There will be radio. Uh, there's always noise and we don't have that intentional silence anymore. We don't have silence in general. So it's brought us to this point where our BS meters are through the roof. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to try and sell me something when I've been sold 36 times already in this hour, in this hour, you know, like yeah. I'm not going to buy it. Tell me a story, dude. Tell me, like, engage me, get my attention, because it's traditional is not working anymore. So that's that was the shift. That's how I see it, how it happened. And uh, this influx of media, where now everyone's a content creator, especially, mm -hmm. it's we have options, so we can tune out very easily from what we we don't want to listen to. No, and I, you know that brings a whole new perspective because I don't even think about it. No, like I don't think many of us do. How much? information is coming in mm -hmm. and i mean i mean even this right now what we're doing is going to be information yeah. valuable information but you know information <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> keep listening but you know i don't I, you know i don't i don't ask this question a lot but i feel like i should ask it you know just because of everything you do 
you know, this audience is mainly compiled of kids my age, maybe young, maybe younger, maybe a little bit older. What do you like? What do you think is one of the most important messages to get out to them? What do you what What do you think they should definitely take away from your story, your journey, and everything you do? Um, my journey is a very particular and specific one, but for us, we're just so driven to tell as many stories as possible because not everyone is going to be affected by heroin. Not everyone's going to be affected by homelessness or poverty. It just, it doesn't work, but there's going to be people affected by bullying, by suicidal tendencies, by mis putting their identity in the wrong things. I want to tell as many stories as possible to touch all realms of, of, hurt in the world and my partner speaks to this better than I do because he was talking to kids at a camp probably about two or three weeks ago I think he was talking to 80 kids and he was talking to them it was a week-long process at this camp and um, he talked to them about identity and identity in a social media age and where you're growing up now with the comparison game and you are looking at what other people have and comparing yourself to that and not thinking you're worth much because your identity's wrapped up in your social media and your following and that dopamine hit that you get when you get a like or a comment. And when you look at yourself and compare yourself to the, the world's highlight reel, because that's all we're seeing, your identity is just like, I am not a good person. And that's why depression is up. That's why anxiety is up. That's why suicide is up. Um, I forget the statistics. I think he, he said like up 25%, like, because we're looking, we're only putting out the good. No one's putting out the vulnerable and the bad, you know, some people are getting better at it, but we're only seeing the highlight reels of people's Instagram feed. And you know, to be fair, we go there to escape. So that's, that's what we're looking for. But if we're looking at these people on a beach or in their nice car or in this or in that and the other, and we're only seeing that we're like, man, my life, what is my life, man, you know? And you don't see them get out of that Mercedes and go into their room and curl up into a ball and cry because their identity was wrapped up in money. You know, like you don't see that part. You only see the shiny part of them and their sunglasses and you know, taking that selfie. So that that is the biggest story that, that we want to get to too, is just, you know, letting this generation know that their identity doesn't have to be in social media and that comparison game and, and that they don't have to look to that. Um, but again, that's just one of the stories, you know, the next generation up, they don't have that problem as much because they just, they didn't grow up with it like we did. And they can kind of see past that because they came in late. This generation can't see past that. And um, so there's more stories to tell to affect multiple generations and different stories are gonna resonate with different people. And you may see our stories on a 10 second uh, Instagram clip, you know, uh, whereas your parents may see it at an event or a social gathering or gala that they went to in a longer form. And that's where it's gonna hit them, tailored to that audience. So it's the stories can resonate with multiple audiences, but they just, they do have to be tailored to fit where they're going and to, to resonate with the people or the audience that they're going to. So that's all has to be done in, intentional. So I don't know if that answered your question yeah. or if we just... <laughs> no, 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 that's such a, no, that's such a beautiful avenue. And honestly, that's something 
that um, I've been contemplating a lot, it, you know, because I can't blame anyone, you know, I can't blame anyone for wanting to put out the highlight reel because we want everyone to see the highlight, highlight reel. You know, I don't want to, I don't want people to, you know, you don't want, you don't want people to see the, the lows that you go through, but honestly, it's essential, I think, especially to you as a human, as a story, and maybe it's a way to get better too, um, is just to be vulnerable and open, but that's such a beautiful message to end on. Um, and we're going to be running out of time soon. So where can everyone find you? Where can everyone find me? Jason Ellinger on LinkedIn, uh, Beard and Bowler on Facebook, Beard and Bowler on Instagram. Um, yeah, Beard and Bowler in, uh, on the website. And the herocollectors.com is our new initiative that we're, we're relaunching and really taking seriously. So that's where a lot of our attention and effort is going to be in the next couple of weeks. That's amazing. I, you know, I hope the audience took away. I hope you guys took away, you know, all the beauty in the world that there can be and what this in the good work that this guy is doing to tell stories good stories stories about amazing people doing amazing things for their for their community and jason once again thank you for having thank you for being on (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you like what we're doing, please help us grow by sharing our content. And if you have any recommendation for future guests, please email me at agwetrick at gmail.com.